Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about D&D players and other games they can play. Something like that. I think I think you had it that D&D players or D&D fans playing non-D&D games. Okay. <laughs> so D&D is super popular right now. It has probably been for the past two or three years probably a little bit longer but for the last since the pandemic it's been super big and in, and and in terms of sales it has been really big i there was this article about a year ago that came out that in 2020 D had gone up 30 percent in sales now now uh wizards of the coast the owner of of the of the property of D, the maker of D, and and therefore hasbro doesn't tell you exactly how many books they sell. They don't really tell you exactly how much more money they made, right? But it's telling that that for the for the longest time, uh, for Wizards of the Coast, Magic the Gathering was the big money maker, and it still is. It still makes a ton of money for the company, but uh, but D and D sales are also becoming really huge for that company. So when you compare sales, bef- uh, and then so what do you? How do you determine? Uh, these sales or this increase they, they also uh, in the article they interviewed or talked to the people at noble knight which is this game store if you want to call it that in wisconsin somewhere i don't know what town fitchburg something like that i'm not sure about which town but anyway so then i know they're in wisconsin and so what happened okay i'm not sure pittsburgh is in wisconsin Fitchburg. oh fitchburg okay Fitchburg. and they're more than just a hobby store they're like a huge warehouse of old games like they'll actually buy old games and resell them so they're like a through this big cache of old games new games and they themselves can okay you told me to stop you when you started to bore me no that's not what i said but anyway what i'm saying is uh, they say that their sales sales percentage of D has gone up 30 30 percent so that, you know, we can gauge that and the amount of profit that or amount of sales that Hasbro says that they have had in, the, in 2020. Uh, Hasbro is also a toy and game company besides. Right. It's huge. Like, and then everybody always points to the fact that, what is it, that D&D or Wizards of the Coast is a small fraction of this huge toy conglomerate thing. But the fact that the one thing that's interesting is that lately within the last few months, they made the president of Wizards of the Coast president of Hasbro, which I don't know what that means, but it was a lot of it was a big deal for people in the business. So I think it's kind of interesting. So with that kind of backdrop, you have this huge influx of new players, probably because sales increase. Or may, you've said it before too. You had you said that a lot of people are coming back to the hobby because they've left it or stopped playing for a little while. And then probably they came back when the pandemic hit because they got nothing better to do because they're stuck at home. They had nothing to do. (laughs) Well. But that's all behind us now. (laughs) So, exactly. So I think what happens is that people were really excited for this Dungeons and Dragons and 5th edition happened to be the edition that happened during the pandemic. And and it it is a good system. It's super easy to get into. The rules are not that complicated. 
So in this backdrop of the pandemic and this huge influx of new players, I think they're new players. There's a lot of new players. I think the new players started a little bit before the pandemic because they're of actual plays on right. on uh, the computer, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, on Twitch and YouTube and. Yeah, and you've we we talked about Critical Role and other actual play programs. Basically, is what they are the programs. Just so I've seen it, right? I've and I'm not sure if the kid I ran into at the bank who saw my what I I must I was wearing a Star Trek shirt, and he was like, "Oh, you watch Star Trek?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> you gotta tell by the shirt I'm wearing, but whatever. He he goes, "Oh, do you play board games?" And I go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always suspicious. And he's like, he was the teller, so he was like, he was very, very excited. To he goes, oh, we have to talk. I go, okay. He's like twenty two, and I'm going, oh, okay, whatever. And so I'm all okay. And then he, as a, as he was finally working on my transaction, he he goes, have you ever heard of Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> and I go. Why, yes, I have. <laughs> and did I told Saul. Did you hand him over the podcast? Uh, <laughs> I go, I talk about that quite a bit. And he goes, me and my friends love Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. I thought it was pretty pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. Exactly. Which is, which is why I told Saul, I go, I think there's a lot of new young players. <laughs> I'm thinking that's why well, I started a little bit earlier than he did. I don't know how, how old he, he started. But if he's that enthusiastic, it kind of seems like it might be new to him. It is amazing to me to have people who 40 years later than when I started playing, being excited about Dungeons and Dragons, because, but it is new to them, right? Well, because when I was a teenager or in my early 20s, people wouldn't say, have you heard of Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, that, and they opened like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. But it, things have changed, right? Well, Yeah. It's okay. not a, there's no stigma attached to it. Well, I guess they still call you a nerd and a. I think so. But, but, but I think it's to a certain subset of, or a certain section of the population, it's not as bad as, as, as it was viewed when we were younger, like when I was in high school. And I've told you guys on the microphone that I have a friend called Mike who absolutely did not want to be associated with Dungeons and Dragons because it was a bad image. A bad image that people had of people who played D and D. This nerd is, you know, taped glasses and and uh, 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 you know the way they laughed and stuff like that. And sometimes it was true. I was I wore glasses. You know, I didn't laugh like that, but but it's funny that that there were some people in my sphere that I not necessarily in my group of friends, but I saw people who were like that. And but that was who they picked to be the. Not the spokesman, but literally the 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 stereotype of what I'm pretty they sure they didn't. Well, okay, I'm just gonna say that <laughs> nobody picked them. They just they put themselves out there because they wanted to tell you what they were excited about Dungeons and Dragons, right? Maybe, maybe or they were something. more enthusiastic. They, than they were enthusiastic, and they came across people that were total not nice, right? And and that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. So my friend Mike would never openly talk about D D. Not for years, not till after he was what, forty <laughs> five? Five years ago? <laughs> Where he's like, Yeah, I play D D. It was funny because we ran to a friend called Philip and he was only like two or three years behind me. And he used to play 
at North at North High, and I'm like, what, what, what do you mean you used to play at North High? How, how long could you have played? And then he goes, oh, yeah, on our lunch hour. Anytime we could, we played. I'm like, and he, goes, and he would carry his D&D books with him, right? His player's handbook. And I'm like, I don't remember you. I did have him in one class my senior year. I had him in geometry class. I forget. Mrs. Cooper's class, which I was a senior. I shouldn't have been in that class, but it is what it is. And uh, my senior year, I totally failed that class. And the half, the last half of my senior That's year. only because he refused to do any work. <laughs> yes, I actually stopped just working. But it, but it was after lunch, so uh, you get the picture. But I, he was in that class, but I didn't know him as a D&D player. I never ran across from him. I never ran across him playing, but he says he was uh, playing at the library. Where well, he was a couple of years younger than you, so you probably didn't pay attention to those kids. Yeah, because I was, you know, I was a senior. I was too busy talking with chicks. <laughs> Back then, we used to be calling chicks. Now they're young ladies. But, but I, I don't remember him, but years later, I ran across him again through another friend, a mutual friend of ours, and we're, you know, we st- now we play games. We play games together. You know, we start playing in person, and then now uh, with the pandemic, we start playing online, and uh, I'm pretty soon maybe we'll start playing in person again. Who knows? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hate, hate, I don't like saying the new era of D&D or this, they, they call it a revitalization of players and or, or resurgence of players. Since the old old people have been there the whole time, right? Right. And I think it's just... The Especially new, the grumpy old men. <laughs> Especially us, us grumpy old men. And, but there is a there is a whole generation a little bit older than me. But like I said, I started pretty young when I was 10, I mean 11 or 12. But there was already people who had gone to college in front of me who were already indoctrinated with D&D and had played D&D original Dungeons and Dragons and and uh, I, I consider them the old timers not me they're like five years older than you <laughs> some of them so anyway so I don't think it's a resurgence I think people have been playing D&D and, and, and never stopped right they never stopped and that number has probably been I know they never stopped because you've been playing D&D since I've known well, you some, some people do right uh, there's, there's countless stories of people who went to college and were still playing in college but then when they Try to start a anyway. Can we get on to what the episode is about? Well, that's what we're talking about is is fans, right? And so, I always look at this uh, the subject with a little bit of a uh, with a uh, disdain. No, no, with a little little bit of a uh, I don't know what you call it. Like, like I understand that people have their preconceptions about things, and sometimes those preconceptions are not true, right? So in this case, there's this idea that this is a resurgence of the. I don't think there's been a resurgence. There's just been more people playing. There's been an influx. Right. So there's no research. Well, one, because, you know, all we had kids and we indoctrinated them into D&D. Well, that does happen, yes. Definitely happens. If you go to a convention, you definitely see little kids there. Well, not only that, but, I mean, just all of the people that I know that are a little bit older than me or even a little bit younger than me who have kids and... They the kids want to do what your parent what their parents are doing at a certain age, right? When they're young, they right. they want to they right. want to play with their with their parents. So that's when you when you get them and you start teaching them about <laughs> playing role playing games. And then when they're older, they teach their friends, right? Yes. So yeah. there you go. That's yeah. that's that's Doctor one way it happens. <laughs> and then the influx or the in, the big influx of I'll I'm gonna say. I don't want to, I don't like using the, the generational terms, but 
Augustine is a is a Generation Z, right? I have no idea. I'm guessing yes. Because the millennials, so so the millennials and the Generation Z people are the ones that are the new influx, right? Right. What's after Generation Z? I don't know. I think they're being born now, dude. I don't know. Mm. They're not old enough to to complain about us yet. <laughs> just it. So, just like Jolene said, that there's been an influx of these new players. What happens is usually is there's that's all they know, right? When you when you start. Well, that's the first game they're playing, right? Right, because it's the most famous. Because they watched Critical Role, right. and they go, "I want to do this," and, and then it's not exactly like that sometimes. Not exactly like that, but if you definitely go into a gaming store. They'll have D and D, right? Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. They might have some other games, but they definitely will have D and D. Well, if you if you just look at Adventure League's Adventure League and Pathfinder Society, there's a lot of people that really want to play that kind right. of game, right? And then if you go to a bookstore, even like we still have bar- physical Barnes and Noble stores, they'll have D and D. I mean, they they may have uh, some other games there. Just on an aside, like Tales from the Loop. Amazon is closing down their physical bookstores now. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of funny. I thought it was funny. It was funny that they actually tried to open physical bookstores. They decided it it wasn't worth it. Yeah, they had to pay people too much money. <laughs> so, so what am I getting at? It was is that there's this new bunch of new players, and they don't have a lot of experience playing D and D. Of course not, right? And a lot of people believe that D&D is like the only role-playing game out there. Okay. Sort of. Right? Okay. And so, and because D&D is new to them and they're excited about playing D&D, maybe they don't want to try other games because this is like a new game for them. Just I, old, old-time gamers have this idea of the new shiny. I totally disagree with no? you on okay, that because ahead. because even old-time gamers, there were there was Traveler, Gamma World, all kinds of games, right? Right. GURPS and all of the different systems, right? Yes. Savage Worlds. I don't know when Savage Worlds came out, but I know that Traveler and, and Gamma World came out very early. early. Yeah. So I'm just saying, and, and then there was Space Opera and all those things. So, And I know those came out early because I've looked at the books and they're very typed out. Space right? opera. Yeah, they're typed out. So, so there's always been other games besides D&D. Yes, but and D&D seems to be like the, what is it? It's been 16 minutes and you're still and you're still going off on D&D. I'm not going off on it. What I'm saying, yeah, you're right. And there always has been alternatives to D&D. You're right. But D&D has always seemed to be like the the one who garnered the most players. But this episode is about D&D fans playing other games. Right. I think and so I th- my 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 idea was that we were discussing why is it so hard to transition uh, for some players to transition from D&D to other games? But maybe you had a different idea about the subject. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you say this is what we're going to talk about and you both write two different things. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you thinking that? To give people ideas of other games besides D&D oh, that they can play. All right, all right. I don't know what you're thinking. I was just thinking that you know, how to get people who normally only play D&D to try other games. And why do would they want to? How to get so so? That's pretty easy, right? I think so. Some, in fact, I was I was watching a podcast that might surprise you. Um, that about other games besides D anD D, and this guy was talking about games from the time that even he was talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which he oh, yeah. discovered 
as a teenager. And yeah, but he, this is late because he's a younger guy. Yeah. yeah. I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Game came out in 1985. Which and is he, and he when was, he, when he said it, I was like, "That's not a new game." I was, <laughs> and then he said, That's "New to him." And then he also said that. <clears throat> One of the games that he always wanted to try, and he has the third edition on his shelf, is Shadowrun. And I was like, well, why didn't you find someone to play with? Because, hello, it's Shadowrun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, th- this was an interesting guy. I don't know how, I've never seen this guy before until you put him on a TV. Uh, I randomly put on people on the, my TV all the time. So Okay, so it was on YouTube, right? Yeah. This guy. And so it was weird because like his, he obviously has been playing a little while. Because he had some... Since he was in sixth grade. Oh, sixth grade? Oh, so, so anyway, so he had a lot of old games. Like he, had lot, he was really interested in World of Darkness. He was interested in Teenage Ninja Turtles. I mean, those are older games now. Which was one of the things that we talked about for this episode was that um, White Wolf games yes. with Vampire and Werewolf and all of the... And World Wrath, of Darkness, Oblivion, all of those. All the whole world. Um, those games... I think appealed to a lot of people in the 90s when it came out. Yes, definitely. It was huge in the late 90s. Definitely. And I don't know if it was because of that was right after Interview with a Vampire. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Everybody was all vampire-y after that. Yeah. And of course, there was Stephen King's The, which was the one, I don't remember what it was called, the one with the werewolf, the movie. Oh, uh, it's The Silver Bullet? Yes. That was in the 80s, I think, though. Late 80s. I think you're right. I think there's, like, especially for monsters. I remember Wendy, who's a, uh, a friend that we met through uh, our kid's fr- friend. Anyway, back when he was in grammar school, Wendy was interested. Well, not interested, but she was a big, avid reader. And she didn't play role-playing games at all. But she did say that people are very interested in, in like, in things like in like fads. Right. Because she said that werewolves were really in or and then vampires. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Right. There was this under underworld or underworld with uh, the movies. Remember those movies where she's a vampire and she, there was a whole vampire. Yeah. Werewolf war. And then, I think Saul only watched those movies because he, he really liked uh, the actress. Yeah. She's pretty nice looking. And then, of course, she has a British accent. So anyway, uh what was it saying? So, so, so Wendy was said that, and that was an interesting insight because she reads a lot, right? Yeah. And so, by reading a lot, you get to see what's popular. Like when you go to a bookstore, all of a sudden there's a bunch of oh, look at Twilight, right? Yeah. Vampire, uh, Vampire the Masquerade, the game that was super popular in the in the late '90s and early 2000s and stuff. And so, but what's popular in the last, I guess, 10 years was zombies, right? And she even mentioned that. She goes, well, there's all these zombie movies and all these zombie shows and zombie books. You know, uh, and and so it's kind of faddish. And I, it just, I think Vampire just hit that fad at the right time. But you're right. There was an interview with the Vampire by uh, Anne Rice. And I don't think, that, did they only make one movie? They might have made it two. But, I think but they the only made one. super popular, even yeah. back in the late 80s. Yeah, I never. I'm, I'm vampires aren't my aren't my deal. Yeah. But um, neither are werewolves because I figure you got to kill both of them, and I really don't want to. <laughs> I mean, unless well, I'm but, playing supernatural, then I'm okay with it. Well, remember that, that guy was talking about Hunter's Reckoning. Yeah. So that was a white wolf game where you play humans who are able to who go after. And them. when he was talking about it, what I was thinking about was supernatural. That's what I said. Because uh, I was like, I was like going, okay, this that that makes perfect sense to me, but. Other than that, 
but those were the games that people really got into because they, I, I think they read those books. They read Anne Rice. They, they saw, they read Stephen King and there were all of these, you know, ideas. Plus, so that's a genre that a lot of people got into because they really liked the subject. So that yeah. got them away from D and D and they went and played in this kind of dark world. Right. With, right. with these great, with these monsters and stuff. Yes. Well, the same thing. I mean, Star Wars had came out in 77. Yes. So, I mean, then there was well, Traveler probably came out before Star Wars or right after. You're right. Right around the same year. Yeah, I think so. So people were really interested in science, science fiction. fiction or or fantasy science fantasy fiction. Yeah, I don't know when the uh, <coughs> West End Games came out with Star Wars, but I don't know what year. It's probably. I know it came. It came out after. Uh, it right probably came. It was like eighty one, wasn't 81, it? Eighty one, because they they had. Uh, well, who I knows? say that like I have a clue, but I'm just going by when the movies came out. Yeah, I think, I think it came out like early eighties. At, at the very least, the early eighties. Like and I've said before, I'm pretty uh, surprised by myself that I never ever played that system. You were too busy playing Traveler and uh, I was playing D and D and D and D and start space opera. Space opera. So I had yeah. Which is one of my favorite RPGs. So, so the idea for me, you know, we're, so what we're, I was the, getting at was yeah. that people will move from D and D to games that exist that they like the IP, the genre, that kind of thing, right? Correct. It's it it fits into their their idea of of what's fun for them or what they're what 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 fad they're into or whatever you want to say. Oh well, what, yeah, what interests them? Yeah, because right? they're right; they might. F- see D&D as the only RPG out there. But once they start playing D&D and start going to game shops to buy dice. They see other I, ones. They see other ones. They go, oh, there's a Star Trek RPG. Or there's Star a Star Wars. Wars RPG? Exactly. And then, and then you know, they get, get off on these weird, in, not weird, but different independent uh, publishers who put out games that are totally different. Like Tales oh. from the Loop and... And, uh, the, one, the one that I learned about recently, which I didn't know there was a role playing game for, was My Little Pony. Oh yeah, uh, the uh, was it called the Quest for Equestria or something like that? Okay, <laughs> it's published by uh, I think it's in. It was it's published by Hasbro. Hasbro, yeah, the parent company to D and D. Yeah, but they published it way before they were part of D and D. Well, I don't know when it was. I don't know when it was published, but I remember seeing it. At Barnes and Noble, I never showed it to you. No, I actually thought about buying it because I go, man, nobody's gonna play this game, and I think it's gonna go like they're just gonna. And you're so wrong. I but know. I, I uh, not only fathers with daughters are playing this game, but just every all kinds of people who liked My Little Pony. Bronies, I guess. <laughs> I I don't really know what that means. I'll be right back. The ghost opened the door. <laughs> So, so as I well, well, My Little Pony is pretty interesting to me. That I've never, I didn't watch the cartoon because it yeah, came I mean, on yeah. when I was an adult or a very right. late teenager. And my son was never interested in My Little Pony. No, he was never. He wasn't interested in that many cartoons. He did like Care Bears, but that's only because I bought the DVDs and showed them to him because they were kind of cute. Yeah, the movies. Movies, cartoon. Yeah, I don't think he, he also. The- I, I also, but see, I, I bought all kinds of things that I could stand to watch when he was yeah. <laughs> when he was little, versus what was on TV. 
right? I don't think you watched a lot of cartoons. You're right. You didn't watch a lot of cartoons. We watched a lot of like PBS type shows uh, back then. Well, when, I when did buy him the Irish cartoon, the the cow and the the people on the farm. Oh yeah, I forget his name. Yeah, I can't remember either. But yeah, he watched a lot of the where they were actually talking and were not a lot of childish, not a lot of little baby, not those little baby ones that I didn't like because well, only because I couldn't stand watching them. So I, watched, I mean, when he was really small, he watched like Teletubbies. Yes, he that loved a, that that, that thing. A, that was a, the rage, and I think it was just so weird. Because not everybody has a TV in their stomach. Right. I mean, you but know. but he quickly outgrew it as soon as like, as soon as he discovered Cars and Shrek. Oh, yeah. That's all we watched for three years. There's that too. But then also, <laughs> and Blues Clues. He loved Blues. Yeah, Clues. Yeah, Blues Clues. I think so. So those kind of things. Sorry to go off on a yeah. total tangent. <laughs> so we can take that out. Uh, but My Little Pony brings out idea of childhood, right? Of you're pl- not, you know, because My Little Ponies, I remember the little ponies, right? Because they had the colorful tails. I remember the toys. Yeah. I've never watched the show. So, but the but that brings people back to that idea that they're playing with toys, right? And then they get to do to do all these cool things where they get powers and stuff. So then they're playing the role-playing game, which makes sense to me, right? Because they get to do cool stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I have no clue as to... I mean, I know it's super popular, and I know there's been one or two incarnations of that show, but I've never paid too much attention to it. Like, like I said, my son didn't watch it; I didn't watch it. I've never paid, and then I heard that there's all these uh, kind of deep ideas that they have in the show. They they're very moralistic, and they they talk about kindness and all these things, positive ways of dealing with people, or not dealing with people, but being a good citizen of the world, right? And so. I think it's pretty cool, but like I said, I've never watched it. And then when I saw that, when I saw that book at Barnes and Noble, I go, "Man, what is this?" And I start looking at it, and I go, "I should probably buy this because they're not going to sell." This is my idea, sorry. And I, it's not going to sell. They're going to get thrown away, and then they're going to go. It's going to go out of print, and I'm going to have this like something that's hot, anything that goes out of print, and they don't sell a lot. Usually, ends up being worth a lot of money later on or on sell shelf <laughs> not worth anything <laughs> everything i have is worth something but anyway so yeah i was surprised with that my little pony uh game that that guy said was a great alternative i wasn't i wasn't surprised about it because there's all those those like well tales from the loop is where where you're playing kids right that's a big thing and people really like that and then stranger tales from the loop came out before stranger things or after stranger things Right around the same time. So there's there's that. So people might be into that kind of genre, right? Right. But then there's the the one monster hearts and stuff where people are into teenage stuff. And yeah. a lot and I've discovered that a lot of people like to work through their issues from high school with these kind of games. Yeah. And I say that that's fine. It's not really my cup of tea, but that's that's okay. <laughs> What's well, funny? I don't know what I don't know what I was listening to another gaming podcast, and uh, somebody said that Monster Heart should only be run by a certified therapist. <laughs> I, nobody I, has any right to be running. <coughs> nobody has any right to be running that game unless they're a certified therapist. I totally agree because of issues that might come up, and I'm like, and because I've heard, I, I've never played. Right? I, mean, I, don't, no. I don't own the game, no. So 
I, I, I'm only, I've only heard horror stories about people playing this game. No, I haven't heard horror stories. Horror stories as in, you know, they're playing it and suddenly they feel all these things from when they were a teenager that they, they never came to grips with. And I'm like going, okay, I don't want to play that game. <laughs> it doesn't that sound fun. That is what I've heard. But some people like that stuff. They, 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 they like that. Catharticness. Yeah. Oh, that. And, and I guess you're right, working out their stuff growing up. But I don't know. I don't like. I've only heard sort of good things about it. They, everybody says it's a great game and blah blah blah. And I don't, we're in that camp that says, "Well, I don't think that's for us." But but you're right. There's all these different kind of games out there, from light games to extremely different in in genre and different in 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 the play style. You're right. There's for people who have only played D and D. Uh, there's quite a bit of differences. There's quite a bit of different games to play, quite a different choices to make. My take was, I was, remember I was thinking that for people who are, there's two people who don't, who only play D&D right now, right? There's people who only want to play D&D, have only played D&D for like tens of years or 20 years or 30 years and don't feel that they want to play anything else. There's that old grognard People believe that there's these old grognards that don't want to play anything because they just don't want to. D&D is the only game that's for me. Now, I agree there's probably a few people out there like that, but I think they're overstated. I mean, the most people, I think, play other games. Yeah, because, I mean, I know people that, I've seen the people, the video on TV of the guy that's been playing the same D&D game for 30 years. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of the older guys that I know play all kinds of games. Right, right. And, so... And then there's a new player who doesn't may may, may not know there's a, other games out there. That D and D is the only one that he's they've only seen. So, but once you get in the hobby, I think you'll see other games available. It's always good to expand your horizons. It's always good to try new things. And I think if you have a player or players that have only played D and D, I think it's a good thing to expand their horizons and offer to run other games that they might be interested in. Well, I think that's how people do play other games. Is right. somebody sitting at the table going. I went to a game store and I, I bought this book and I want to run it for you. Or can you run this for me? Right. 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 And I think the good thing about that is, is, you know, Hasbro is a huge conglomerate corporation. And a lot of these other game companies are not. They're usually even a big publishers like Modifius, which is a bigger role playing game publisher. It's not a huge company. So I think any any love that you can have for them and, and buy their books is good for the hobby because because competition is good for in any in every sense of the word because there's D and D but there's other games that can offer different ways of playing different more gratifying ways of telling the story and uh, there's just different ways of of experiencing role playing games and for people who don't know I mean D and D was not the game that people bought for years I mean when they came out with four, after third edition they came out with fourth edition and. I know some people liked it, but a lot of people stopped right. and they went and started playing Pathfinder right. because that was more D and D like that to them, right? right? That was, and for a whole set of years, I would say four or five, uh, yeah, five years at least, but probably a little bit less or a little bit more. I mean, that was the that was the game, and and then right. until fifth edition came out, right. when there was a resurgence because people liked the way that they changed the rules and stuff like that. Or they hated it, one or the other, but they went and bought it. 
Right. And then, and I think I've mentioned that before when I was playing online, cause I've been playing online for a long time and they would, I don't know if they do it anymore. I haven't seen it lately, but they would give you these every four months, every quarter, I guess it is. They would give you, uh, that would be every three, every three months. months. Yes. Uh, every three months they'd give you like, they'd email you and they'll, sh- and they'll give you this, I forget what it's called, the oral report. I don't know why it was called that, but it was a report of how many people are playing what game on Roll20. And for a while, Pathfinder was kicking D&D's butt because when 4th edition came out, for whatever reason, some people just didn't like it. A lot of people didn't like it. And it became, uh, in fact, people were playing 3.5 more than they were playing 4th edition online right for roll 20 and pathfinder was like kicking everybody's butt and that's an online sample it's not like a true sample of everybody in the nation you know or all role-playing games being played but that's about as close as you can get to a good good sample of role players right role players and what they're playing and i was astonished i was like holy crap i mean because like fourth edition just fell off the i mean there was some other games that were like not D and D that were pl- more people were playing than fourth edition. Well, I think it's a good thing that there are other games besides D and D because it has really developed the hobby. As in, D and D isn't necessarily the best game to get player. All I can think of is initiative, and that's not player agency uh, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, because the other games really go into that, right? There's certain a lot of indie games stress you know, this is going to be a collaborative storytelling right, game right. where older D&D modules may be a straight line to get to something <laughs> yeah. and kill it and take it stuff and right. then come back or go on and do it again. That kind of thing, right? So so games besides D&D bring out those the collaborative efforts. And some don't, some do, depending on what you're playing. But I'm just, I think that, Indie games and IP games and different kinds of games besides D&D help people to help the hobby to expand. I totally agree. I mean, I, I've talked about it before. D&D uh, and, it, and the system is uh, the, the gameplay, the game mechanic. It can't, not, it can't handle every genre, every, everything well. Uh, it could do them. There's games. In fact, D&D 5th edition is being ported into all kinds of different games. Uh, modern games, science fiction games, Gamma World-like games, and all these other things because of the open gaming license. Well, that's what happened with earlier, right? With yeah, the, it with, happened with D20. Yeah, yeah. And there was a, a big glut of D20 stuff. And and I kind of see that happening now for 5th edition, but maybe not. I don't know. But I know there was a lot of crap that came out for D20 when they found us, uh, when they realized... Open the that, license. Yeah, when they realized what the open gaming license meant. And people went crazy publishing stuff that and some of those games are good and some of them aren't and some of them are pretty terrible yeah so who knows what lies in the future for fifth edition but what i say is sometimes D that game mechanic even as good as it is it can't do everything for every genre and sometimes like tales from the loop i don't see how a D game can mimic that play style that that simple make a character if you never played the game before you can make a character in 15 minutes and be playing after that and 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 in those 15 minutes you explain the whole game mechanic simple as long as somebody's played it otherwise you might might take longer than 15 well, minutes i mean if i was running i just and that's what i did I, and it was the only game that i've ever done that in a, at a convention is where i didn't have characters pre-made and i made and we made characters at the at the game table 
that was at DungeCon where I can have an eight-hour game or ten-hour game if I wanted to. <laughs> no, I'm not sure if we've accomplished what I thought we were going to talk about. <laughs> Nor what I thought we were talking about. We should be some meeting of the minds. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think uh, people who play D and D and exp- only play D and D, I think it's a good thing for them to expand their horizons and play other games and experience different types of experiences with different systems. Like you said, even though D&D is a great game, it may lack uh, player agency or more player agency. And the more and sometimes some games excel, and it's a lot of fun. Also, then if you go and play other games, then when you come back to your the one that you really like, D&D, if that's what it is, then you're just going to enjoy it more because you've seen other games, right? Right. You've been in them, and, and they might have been good, but this is the one for me. Right. That kind of thing. So there you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day.